Good morning and welcome to Daily Confessory with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, October 14th, and we hope you had a happy weekend. Carter. I, I had a happy weekend. Did you have a happy weekend, Carrie? My weekend's still going. Oh, that's right. Your weekend kind of starts on Monday. Sunday, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, today is also, some people think it's Columbus Day, but here in California, we know better. Today is Indigenous Peoples Day. So, oh, okay. Off. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Um, and it relates, um, I, I think I, I think this kind of relates to something that you were telling me over the weekend, but maybe it doesn't. Um, do you want to describe kind of a conversation with you? Ha- you have a friend who kind of went from one end of the spectrum to the other, and you kind of had a conversation about it on Facebook. Yes. Uh, oh, I don't know how that relates to the Columbus Day, but we'll see. Um, no, I just, I sent you this thing because I had this friend on Instagram who posted about, uh, he posted on Instagram about, about people on Facebook unfriending him. And he was basically trying to clarify his views. And this guy, I don't know him in real life. He's like an online friend who has a show. And, um, but when I first encountered him and we became online, like friends online, he was more, um, he was, he was like atheist. His show was, was, I think an atheist show. Um, he was more probably in the SJW world. And over time he made this trajectory where he became anti SJW and then he became Christian and his show became about Christianity. And now he's becoming like white identitarian. And so actually his post was sort of clarifying his views and was sort of saying, you know, this world is unfortunately tribalistic and people are going to stick to their tribes and therefore, I have to be concerned with and care about uh, white Christian, the white Christian tribe. And I'm like, how is that any different from identitarians on the right? And he's, he basically was like, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> he did say it's not. I mean, I, yeah. I, you sent me this, the conversation. He, he basically said it's not. Just for clarity, do you want to clarify to people what uh, an identitarian is versus like a supremacist? Because people hear white identitarian and I think sometimes conflate it with white supremacist. It's not actually the same thing. I usually conflate the two, but I, I oh. mean, it, I mean, I, I usually do, but I get that there's, since you're asking me the question, yes, there is a distinction, but most identitarians I know are supremacists in some way. Really? Identitarian, yeah. Identitarian is someone who uh, believes that they're, that groups are what are most important about us, that our, our group identity is what's most important and they're collectivists. They don't look at, they don't look at us as individuals. They look at us as uh, group members. And so we are our race and we are our sex and our sexuality first and foremost. And that doesn't matter if it's on the right or the left that people want to talk about the ones on the right a lot. If you're listening to the legacy media, if you're watching SJW um, echo chambers, that's who they want to talk about because they themselves are identitarians on the left. Yep. <laughs> and so yep. it's funny because it's like the same two sides of the same coin. I'm not interested in the coin at all. Right. But there is a, so I think there's a distinction worth making. Maybe, maybe that's not, uh, maybe it's not worth making, but um, I think people would start out as identitarian and move towards supremacist if you're looking on the scale. Um, like if you're watching yeah. friend slide. Um, and so the supremacists yeah. believe that their race or ethnic group or whatever is superior. Identitarians, there's a lot of like separatist people who are identitarians and they will say, and I don't know how they behave, but they will say explicitly, we don't think we're better 
than anyone else. We just think we should be separate. Like we should be you, we should be us and you should be you and we should have separate, we should live separately and focus on our own internal in-group and, and that's their belief. Um, so I think that can lead to supremacy, but I think there is a, there is a meaningful difference because I think it's easier to slide into that um, viewpoint than it is to jump directly to pr- supremacy. So it's a kind of a, it's on that road, but it's not that as far down that road. Um, and I think this relates to, I, I do think this relates to Columbus Day, but uh, here's, here's why I think it relates to Columbus Day. Um, so your, your friend here specifically used the phrase in-group preferences. So can I just quote like a sentence he says? So he says, um, a couple sentences, I've come to realize that the empirical and behavioral reality of human beings is collective identity. So collectivist, he's blatant about that, right? It's just what people do. The group with the highest in-group preferences and lowest tolerance for outsiders wins. History demonstrates this repeatedly. It's not ideal, but it's true. And then he says identity is greater than pol- culture, which is greater than politics. So, or maybe maybe he means politics is downstream from culture, which is downstream from identity. I'm not sure. Um, so I look at this and I, th- I think about how we talk about, um, how do I want to say this? He's right that history does demonstrate that repeatedly. Historically, humans have had in-group preferences. And so, that, by the way, the idea of in-group preference, I don't even know if anyone, there, that's a, it's kind of a technical term and it's debated about what it means. There's the, um, the Darwinians believe that in-group preference is, um, is more kind of genetic and based on, based on genes. And there's like a Darwinian reason to shun outsiders and be, uh, you know, sacrifice yourself for your group or support your group. Um, then there's like the, there's social, all of these people have empirical, or at least all these people claim to have studies to support their side, but I don't think it's settled. Um, the, the social scientists who study in-group preference, there's kind of two camps of them. One believes that actually like low self-esteem leads to in-group preference. So people like, they want to feel better. So they kind of feel like they belong to this group and they, they raise their group up and that makes them feel better. There's another set of research that says it's high self-esteem people uh, do this and they kind of project their high self-esteem onto their group. And so we're all great because I'm great. Um, but there's been, you know, th- this isn't, the fact that in-group preference exists generally is not news. I mean, um, Robert, uh, Robert Caldini, the guy who wrote uh, Persuasion and Influence, he did a simple study on college campuses where he noticed that the day after, this is not going to surprise anyone who ever went to college, the day after your sports team wins, more people wear the college jersey than the day after your sports team loses. There's like, <laughs> there's a desire to identify with, um, with your team. But throughout history, though, that's how, that's how we've been. We've always had in-group preference, and we've always warred among groups, basically. Um, that's just how the norm is. And the reason I think it relates to Columbus Day, Carrie, is there's this myth, this idea that like big bad Columbus came along and, uh, and eradicated the peaceful Native Americans and he's a big bad person and we shouldn't, we shouldn't celebrate him, but we should celebrate the Native Americans instead. We should, it should be Indigenous Peoples Day because uh, 
it's it's this the the genocide and the colonial like colonization and genocide and like defeat like war to conquer people this was a, a uniquely white thing and what i what i think's happened um <sighs> i think people have it's it's the it's the west the western experiment the great western experiment predominantly by by whites but that's just because they happened to be white. That's not, I don't think there's anything special about whites. The great Western experiment was, can we slowly eradicate this in-group preference? Can we get rid of that in society? Can we have a society? And like, okay, so we founded the US, there was slavery. Not a great job getting rid of in-group preference, right? A lot of, the, and there was a lot of racism, still, still people that are racist, a lot of racism. But if you look at like, there was all, some of the states were abolitionist states who, explicitly knew like, no, 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 we want individualism. We don't want to be collective. And if you look at the history of the U.S., especially even in the last century with the civil rights movement, there's this move towards setting up the society, which is, hey, can we, can we not have in-group preference? Can we, can we have a society which is colorblind, which as I know is a bad word to the social justice warriors, right? But can we have colorblindness? Can we have a society where there isn't in-group preference? Um, and I think what's happened is we were getting close to that, or we were at least moving towards that direction. People agreed that we should not have in-group preference. It was desirable to not judge people based on the color of their skin. But what's happened is the left has come along and kind of reintroduced that. And they've said, no, 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 no. We have to identify people. Colorblindness is a bad idea. You can never be colorblind. I think you carry, the other day you even said, someone specifically said to you, you can never be colorblind. It's impossible. Okay. Well, that's, that's what they believe. SJW. Right. right. So they come along and they do that. And I think a lot of people like your friend here, like a lot of white people like your friend look at this and they kind of, I don't think this is a, I don't, I think this is motivated actually by defeatism. I think this is defeatist. It's, it's an attitude of like, well, I guess the Western experiment lost because they're forced, they're forcing us back into groups they're forcing us to identify with our ethnicity. We tried this experiment. We, we said, hey, we're not gonna have as much in-group preference. We're, we're gonna uh, not be as protective of outsiders. We're gonna try and have this melting pot. We're gonna try this experiment. And what happened? Well, now we're being told that we are sinful because we're white and people have to be in different groups. And you know, people are aligned with race and there's people of color versus everyone who's white and everyone's got a different marginalized identity and we're responsible for slavery and blah, blah, blah. And so I think the natural response for a lot of people is like, well, if that's, if we're going to be forced back into tribalism, I think what they're seeing is they're looking at this and saying the, the West failed. The experiment of the West failed. We're going back to tribalism. I'm jumping in my tribe because that's where we're headed. Is that how you see this? I don't think that it's a lot of people. I don't think it's a lot of white well, people. I mean, a lot of the I think a lot of people. the identitarians, sure, but the, a lot of white people are not going this route. No, I mean, a lot of the identitarians a lot of are that way because are, of that. That's what I mean. Okay. A lot of white people are going the SJW route and are, and are True. you know, paying to have their white guilt removed because they are by, I think you should lay it out more, more clearly than this. There are identitarians on the left and the right. The identitarians on the left have overwhelmingly taken over society at the moment and are mainstreamed. Right. Mainstreamed so much that 
anybody watching this is friends, Facebook friends and social media friends with a ton of identitarians. They just happen to be identitarians on the left. And what that's doing is driving some people, fringe people, to the identitarian right. And I do believe like there's, they keep, we've talked about this before, they're creating the reality they want. The alt-left is creating the alt-right yeah. at this moment in history. And so, yes, he's the, probably the second person I've seen do this. It's not a lot of my white friends. Most of my white friends are SJWs or, some, or they're normies or somewhere in the middle or they're people who haven't given up on the great experiment. Like, you know, the great experiment for individualism. But um, is it depressing that I think someone has gone there? Yes, I think it is depressing. Um, I think stuff like this, can I play this video? I yeah, know. can I just clarify something? Yeah. I, I'm saying, I'm not saying most white people went this way. I'm saying most of the people that have gone this way have gone because they have given up on the Western experiment, not because they want to be identitarian, but they've given up on the Western experiment being successful. This guy says, it's not ideal, but it's true. He's signaling that like his ideal would have not been to do this but he feels like there's no alternative. This is where things are going. And he likely feels that way because of the left's identitarianism and, and everything that you're saying. But I think the justification that a lot of these people are using is really just, I give up. Is that clearer? Sure. Okay, play your, play your video, let's see your video. Okay, this is from, uh, what, this is a, what is it? Oak Park, Illinois, Carrie, is this is a, yeah, a friend sent this to me last night, and I just, um, I think it relates. This is um, them overtly. When I say that SJW ideology is racist and sexist, it's like, you don't have to believe me. You can listen to what they say. And I think this is related because this is this is a woman who's basically saying white men don't get to have opinions. All right, well, well let's listen then. I, I... I don't want to hear what you have to say. Oh, my gosh. No, Come I'm on. serious. Susan. Jim, why do you Come have on. an opinion on this? Come on, Susan. Susan, this is... I won't say a word. Okay. That's why I like to... You shouldn't have an opinion on I that. Met with yes, I met with constituents of color, and quite honestly, on some of the feedback was that some of this wording was ridiculous. No, you have been white from birth. Why are you arguing what is a system of oppression? You've never experienced one! Mm -hmm. Okay. So shut up! Uh, I don't want to hear from you! Okay. Just stop! Just stop, Ken. Stop, Dino. You are not oppressed. And I'm, people in Oak Park are. And we are trying to recognize that as a community. Mm -hmm. This mayor and this board is obviously not willing to face history. We have a chance to make history. It is time for this community mm -hmm. um, to face equity enough. And you stop it. You are a white male. I, you true. stop it. You are a white male. Your skin is white enough. Stop it. Your skin is white enough. That's my favorite part. Yeah, well, and like, at the I'm end, not white. Your skin is white enough. It's white enough. Yeah, you're guilty enough. The, uh, at, the, at the very end, you cut it off before. The one white guy, one of them said, he actually calmly, carefully said, I think if we're at a place where we're saying, you know, your skin color dictates if you get to speak or not, then we're doing this the wrong way. And I don't, I don't recall if the end of the clip, if he got applause, I don't think he did, but you, you heard all the NBCs applauding her. And I, this clip, it just, uh, it relates because 
it, it's exactly what it's exactly the it's evidence of the point that we're making, which is that the mainstream left has become cannibal cannibalized by this identitarianism to such a degree that it is pushing people out and it is pushing people to say, like you've said before on the show, um, well, if, if I have to be in a group, regardless of if I'm on the left or the right, and one of these groups says I'm evil and the other one doesn't, I guess I'm going to go over to the identitarians on the right. I mean, I don't, I don't believe we have to become identitarians. I don't believe we have to become collectivists. I think we can stay individualists and we can fight it on both sides. But I, do I understand why this is driving this a little bit? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, you haven't given up. You and I haven't given up on the Western experiment. Right. No, and I'm um, not going to give up on the Western. And I think I think people on the left are trying to destroy it, and people on the right have given up. I mean, people on the identitarian right. Um, so, yeah. But that um, woman. I mean, something else about this video that's just it, it stands out to me. These people are elected representatives. They have constituents that they're there to speak on behalf of, and right. those constituents don't look like them. And all, you know what I mean. They're there to speak on, so what, he's not allowed to speak on behalf of his black constituents or on behalf of who he's been elected to represent. He doesn't get to have an opinion, meaning none of his constituents get to have an opinion, all because he's a white man. The other thing I noticed is how vicious she is about this and, and how hateful. And, um, you know, this, this whole thing I've noticed with these shirts, I had a friend joking that he was going to buy me a shirt that says the future is female. I'm like, please don't. They want to pretend like if women ran everything, it would be so much better. Let me tell you. <laughs> I, I just want to be clear. Women do run everything. You're a majority of the voting, the, uh, voting age adults in the U.S. Okay, but you know what they mean. They want to talk about if women were in leadership positions and were elected, the majority of elected officials and the majority of heads of state, that things would be so much better. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually terrified of that reality. I know women. I am a woman. <laughs> we are just we have just as much capacity for evil as men it's just it manifests itself in different ways women tend to have this toxic overbearing you know you're gonna shut up for your own good and for the good of society you know it's the benevolent tyrant which is scarier to me because they think they're doing it for good reasons yeah so. yeah both 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 are problematic <laughs> yeah yeah um to you to steal their word um yeah i don't know i guess uh I kind of do want to, I do want to relate it to Indigenous People's Day, Indigenous People's Day. Maybe I'm stretching, Carrie, but I guess it's this idea that we, that tribalism is, um, that tribalism is new and it's not. I guess that's really all I wanted to say. When, you know, before the Europeans arrived in North America, um, the not all tribes, some of them were presumably peaceful, but just to be clear, like they were fighting each other. They were, uh, I, I think archeologists have claimed that probably the most deadly per capita, the most deadly uh, area throughout history has, this includes the 20th century genocides was actually um, in the Southwest US. I think it was the Pueblos and the coast of Mesa Verdes maybe. Um, like something like 90% of the skeletons that they dig up have battle wounds, like axes to the head and uh, arrows. There was uh, rampant cannibalism. The Aztecs ate something like uh, 15,000, between 15,000 and 250,000 people uh, in a year, uh, every year. Um, there was no, there, there was a love of torturing. There's a lot of torturing happening. Um, and there was no idea of 
I guess this is what I want to get at. There was no idea of land ownership in the sense that we think of it. There wasn't like, you guys have this land and we have this land and we respect it. It was might makes right. It was whoever has more, whoever has more might can go take the land and that's valid. And that's just how they operated everywhere. And that's how, not just North America, but everywhere throughout history, that's how people operated. And so, yeah, when Columbus came to the new world, did, did he sometimes trade? Sure. Did he also murder people and take their land? Yeah. That was the norm. That was how land, conquering was how land was acquired. And when we celebrate Columbus, if we're going to not celebrate Columbus because we're going to use modern day standards and apply them to his time and what he did, which is fine if you want to do that. Horrible person, had slaves, all that stuff. By the way, Native Americans also had slaves. Horrible person, had slaves, killed people. Okay. Then you don't want to switch to Indigenous Peoples Day. Indigenous people also were horrible and had slaves and murdered people and were cannibals generally. So this idea that like one is better than the other, it's, it's this false narrative that the Europeans were the first warring people that ever really existed and everyone else was peaceful. And it was the evil Columbus who came in and did this horrible, this horrible thing. We celebrate Columbus Day not because of Columbus, but because this is, this is the expansion of Western civilization, which is the idea of individualism fundamentally, it is what led to the great experiment of America, which is what led to, hey, can we not have in-group preferences? Can we try to not do that? So I guess I don't really care about celebrating Columbus Day one, one way or another. I just don't think that it's, if you're not going to celebrate it, just don't, but don't replace it with Ind- Indigenous Peoples Day. That's not, that's not better. Um, that's just, that's worse, actually. And, you know, we are at the brink of failure of this great experiment. I mean, I'm not, we might fail. Western civilization might fail. This idea that we can have knowing group preferences, it might fail. And maybe it will restart again later if it fails here. But it's a noble pursuit. And um, this idea that we, that we need to revert to infighting between tribes is, is, is literally what's killing us. So I don't know if I related it very well. It just, to me, they're very well, they're connected. When he, when that guy said, when that guy said to you, in-group preference is the way history has been, blah, 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 blah. I immediately thought like, yes, that is the way history has been. Native Americans, Europeans, everywhere. That's the way history has been. This is unique. America is unique. That's what makes us special. We're trying to not do that as hard as we can. Um, And if you're not trying to get rid of in-group preference, then you're part of the problem. It's a good, it was a good rant. I don't know. I, I feel like I said it better previously, but whatever. Um, <laughs> people get what I'm trying to say. It's a yes. rough day. Um, Carrie, let's remind people about book club before we go. Um, Sunday, September 7th. Oh, why do I keep saying September? Sunday, November 17th. We're doing book club. We're going we're gonna to do a video discussion. So we're reading The um, Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukia. What's his name? What's the other guy's name? Uh, Lukianoff. Lukianoff. Um, so get the book if you haven't already. You can follow the links. Um, we have affiliate links that will help support our channel if you get it from us. And we'll see you next month. Yes. Wait, next month? Oh, see you for book club next month. Yeah, for book club. I was very confused. We'll see you tomorrow.
Don't forget to like, subscribe, share. Thank you for watching and um, have a good day off of work or not, depending on whether you have the day off. Later. Thank <laughs> you.